You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to a brand new episode of the USCA official podcast. Listeners 2023 is nearly at its conclusion. But uh, on this show, we are actually going to be reflecting on some of the standout young stars of the year. And I am delighted to say that we have two very lovely guests, both of whom enjoyed a huge amount of success in the Young Event Horse Programme this year. First of all, Caroline Pamucci, who is the Duty Corporation East Coast four-year-old champion with HSH Afterglow. Caroline, I have to say, we're going to put it out there to the listeners, you sound a little bit different to normal um, <laughs> because the lurgy has struck you down in the off-season. Oh, thank you, Nicole. Yeah, sorry, listeners. Of course, I've, I spent a week on holiday and then I come back with a voice like this. So hopefully I'll get over it quickly. At least you weren't poorly on holiday because that would really yeah. suck. Um, I think it's the off-season, though. Everybody, I think it's like you get to the end of the season and your body just kind of goes, well, I've got time to be poorly now. And then you kind of have to, to regroup and go again. But look, we really appreciate it. Uh, we are also joined by our West Coast five-year-old winner, Andrea Baxter, who rode Camelot PJ. Andrea, it is lovely to have you on the show. I think this is the first time we've had you on the USCA podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Glad to be here. Um, okay, so first of all, the Young Event Horse Program and the format in which it runs, let's get an insight into that. So if anybody isn't familiar with the program and kind of the format that it takes, Caroline, can you just give us a bit of an overview of what it looks like for these young superstars? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm mean, such a huge fan of this program. So I think a, a, doing the Young Event Horse is a great introductory to teach them about eventing. Um, so for the qualifiers, they're super simple. Um, that you do a dressage test. You pretty much just walk, trot, and canter, and just do a circle each way. Um, the tests are very similar for four-year-olds and five-year-olds. And then the jumping phase is, is combined with four. You jump four to six show jumps, and then you go straight and do jump about ten cross-country jumps with usually one ditch in a water complex. Um, and then the championships would have a little bit harder um, dressage and a little bit harder um, show jumping cross-country, but but not much. It's a great introductory because for me, it gets the horses out, gets them used to going on the trailer, going to new venues, but there's absolutely no pressure. And when you do the qualifiers and you feel like your horse, you know, is getting a bit green, they'll let you school the course, they'll let you school the water first before you start the competition. It's it's just a great introductory. And yeah, I'm a huge fan. Andrea, how about it from your perspective? What is it that, that you really like about the, the program? Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's just such a great um, education for the horses. And, um, you know, over the years, I think there's always going to be um, judging discrepancies. <laughs> but um, I do believe we've gotten better at that. But, you know, I think that if you really truly do it for the right thing for your horse, there's so much education to be had in it. Um, on the West Coast, we usually run them the day before a, a main horse trials. I mean, who doesn't want to get to do, you know, a basically a practice dressage round and a practice jump round and you get to go school the water in the ditch um, before the actual main event. I mean, it's, it's like getting to do two entire horse trials in, in one weekend for, for us. And, you know, here on, in California, we, we travel so far to go to these events. Um, for us to be able to get two shows in one weekend is, is really super beneficial. 
in, in terms of the, the kind of the scoring breakdown, dressage, I think, is worth 30% of the total final score. And then the jumping, gallop, sort of overall general impression is 70% as well. So you quite often see, listeners, the, the marks that are broken down out of 100. Um, and basically, the higher the score, the better. So we've had horses scoring in, scoring in the very, very high 90s. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the championships and, and kind of the judging setup for that a little bit later on in the show. So I think that's really, really important. I love the prospect. Listeners will be listening to this thinking, God, I wish on my normal event I could go and swim the water in the ditches before we started. But it is really important to give these young horses, particularly the four-year-olds who all develop at their own pace anyway, a really, really good experience and kind of give them a nice introduction to eventing and hopefully it's going to give them really really good foundations for the years to come um you've both had big success in this these classes previously Andrea I wanted to ask you about Indy 500 because she was such a superstar for you she went on to complete I think six five stars and completed Kentucky on a number of occasions Burley Maryland as well and she came through the Young Event Horse program didn't she uh yes yeah she did um, and she was actually, she was really unique. Um, I got her as a four-year-old and she was so easy that I was like, geez, I'm going to have this thing going preliminary as a four-year-old, so I better slow down. <laughs> so, I, um, <laughs> I, so I bred her and she was pregnant when I did the four-year-old championships. Well, when I did all of her four-year-old qualifiers and the championships, she was pregnant. And then her five-year-old year, um, I did a couple training levels early in the spring when she was pregnant and then she had the summer off to have the baby and then um back then they allowed um, mares to have a bye year if they had had a baby so as a six-year-old she got to compete as a five-year-old because she had missed out on her actual five-year-old year and so she did the five-year-old championships as a six-year-old and she was the highest jumping score um on the west coast that's really and cool. So, I mean, I think it was a really useful program for her because obviously being a thoroughbred and being a bit hot in the dressage, it was super useful to be able to, you know, get to do the two tests and get in the ring and have it be a little bit lower key the first time and stuff like that. So doing it for the mums as well. Do you still have her offspring? I just sold him uh, last summer. Um, I did do a four star long on him. He went through the Young Horse program as well. He did the five. I, can't, I don't think I did. He didn't do the four-year-olds because he was born in um, late August and he was very immature as a four-year-old. Um, so he skipped the four-year-old classes, but I did do the five-year-old classes. And again, he was still a bit immature for that. Um, so he didn't place as well as um, he probably could have. Uh, but anyways, I did do a four-star long on him. And then, you know, now that I've had Luckily, so much experience with Indy 500, um, and I know what a what a real five star horse feels like. I I figured that he would be better off um, stepping down and going on to take care of somebody else at a lower level. So he's he's out there doing great things with a kid now. That, that's really cool, though. Um, Caroline, you have won the each of the divisions, the four and five year olds, on on a few different occasions. Um, but I want to take you back to 2020 because you topped the five-year-old class then with, uh, were you, yeah, because there were two divisions that year. So you actually won one with Kings Especial and then HSH Blake, who was your Pan American Games individual gold medalist, won the other division in the five-year-olds for the East Coast. But your four-year-old winner was HSH Connor, 
who's just gone on to win the USCF three-star long format national championships at Maryland this fall as well. So massive success from both of those. I'm going to stick with Blake for a moment. Did he always give you the feeling of being very, very special as a young young horse when he was going through the Young Event Horse program? Yeah, no, Blake has been special since day one. Um, and funny enough, he actually came over as a sale horse. Um, he was on the market for a solid year, almost a year and a half. And he went to three different vettings. People just passed on him for very, like, cosmetic reasons. And um, when he won the two-star national championships, that's when I was able to get an owner named Molly Hoff into him. And that's why I kept the ride on him. Um, So, but he's been, he's been unbelievable. I don't think the horse has ever had a cross-country fault. He's just, uh, he's, he's a bit of a unicorn, to be honest. Do you feel like that win was a bit of a defining moment, kind of in that this is the early days of his career? Yeah, I know. I always think when you, when for me doing the Young Horse Championships, whenever you win a championship, it's a big deal, right? So every year, I always from the beginning of the year, I always try to pick a string of horses that go there, and what horses I truly think that can that could win, and it's just a stepping stone. So for me, doing well at the four-year-old, the stepping stone to the five-year-olds, and the five-year-old stepping stone to Leilion, and then as we know, Leilion is really a stepping stone to championships all over the world. It's a massive, massive part of the journey. Andrew, I wanted to ask you because actually back in 2020, I think it was, so what, three three years ago now, we've had three championships there. Uh, the West Coast Championship moved to Twin Rivers and you've been instrumental in kind of helping to, to bring that together. There's a real championship feel as part of the event now. Talk us through that and actually just what it has done to breathe fresh life into the, to the Young Horse Program on the West Coast. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been a member of the Young Event Horse Committee um, for, gosh, I, many so so many years now, um, and it's always kind of been the redheaded stepchild to the East Coast. And sadly, honestly, it's been a little bit the same on the West Coast to the main shows. Um, we used to try to combine it with like the Fall Championship um, at Galway, and we've tried doing it at the at the FEI events at. Twin Rivers and tried moving it away from an FEI event at, at Fresno. And no matter where we moved it, it, it just never seemed to really have a, a, a main place and a, a front center stage feel. So the program was really suffering on the West Coast, although we really have always had very good horses out here. Um, but the venues to present them just was never anything for anybody to get excited about. And so during COVID, during 2020, um, we had uh, developed a new main arena at Twin Rivers, and I um, volunteered to say, you know, I, I'm on the committee. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to take it over, but um, I'd really like to try to give it a good shot here at Twin and, and do it as a standalone event um, and turn it into like a, a, a main championship little mini FEI for the young horses. And um, given that it was that COVID year, and there was not a lot going on. We attracted, you know, so many people to come and watch and and see what a what a great job really that we did. And we put out all the, the flags and the banners and really made it feel like a championship level event. And it has just been, you know, growing and thriving ever since. And and now it's become a bit of an addiction. And we have we have some people that are now like buying new horses every year just to be able to have horses to compete in the class, um, which is great because. You know, it's it's really like turned into the next best thing to be able to do. Um, if you don't have a, a top level horse, you can always develop young horses for for this really exciting championship. 
I have to admit, I really love that because actually, you know, the West Coast flag has been flying at the very, very top level of the sport very strongly for, for many years. And actually, you know, the first US winner of Kentucky this year in, in what, 15 years since Philip Dutton won it back in 2008 was Tammy Smith, who comes from the West Coast. And, and it feels like there's a real resurgence and enthusiasm and I guess appreciation, if that's okay for me to say, in terms of the strength and depth in, in West Coast eventing. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, and we've always had really good horses. I mean, one of the very first recipients of the Whole Camp Turner grant was Tammy Smith and Fleeceworks Royale. Um, I don't remember how many years ago that was, but she was one of the first winners and, you know, came from the West Coast, won the championships on the West Coast. Um, and went to Leon and I think came top 10. You know, so we've always had good horses. It's just that the, the championship itself has struggled to, to be a kind of a growing program. And I, I believe now it's it's really found its home and, and found its place. And it's, it, I, you know, I hope to see it just continue to, to grow and grow. The rest of the, the country and the rest of the world better be watching out. Um, some very, very smart horses coming through. Uh, tell us a little bit about your winner this year, Camelot PJ. Um, I mean, I was thrilled to have him win. I had four horses. No, I had five horses um, competing altogether, um, three five-year-olds and um, two four-year-olds. And, you know, I always knew he was my pick of of the lot. And, you know, it's just, it's good for the program to know when I, I truly feel like he's a, he is a five-star horse. Um, and so it's, it's good for the program to see that the judging is, is on par with that, to be able to, they can see through the the fancy big jumping ones to see that you know no the the ones that are quick and agile and and smart and athletic are are really the ones that are you know secretly if you were to ask the riders those are the horses that we're trying to angle at taking five star and and Caroline how about HSH Afterglow who was your four year old winner this year I totally agree with Andrea so I same thing I brought ten horses to Fairhill um, some of the young horses some of the national championships. HSH Afterglow is definitely my top pick out of all my horses. Um, to me, he's a five-star horse all day long, which is pretty hard to say in a four-year-old, um, but he's honestly the nicest horse I've ever, ever ridden in my career by far. He's got unbelievable jump, unbelievable gallop. He's high blood percentage, um, and he's just got a phenomenal brain. Um, he's by the sire hype um, out of a Ringwood mare, but the Ringwood mare is very high blood, um, blood, which is exciting. So I'm just excited that the judges, same thing as Andrea, that they look past the fancy trot or the, you know, the real warm bloods and they're still picking top five-star horses because, as we all know, five-star horses are usually a bit weedy looking when they're younger. They might be, you know, growing a little bit or just a little bit underdeveloped than compared to some of the more heavier warm bloods. Um, so I was, I was quite excited that they believed, believed in him as much as I do. And, and Caroline... This was one of the horses that was sourced, um, I think I'm right in saying, by Kelly Hutchinson. He, you work really, really yeah. closely with it in kind of finding the young horses. What role does she play? And yeah. what is yeah. she and you particularly looking for in these young horses? Yeah, so she actually found them as a yearling, which is such a hard thing to do, to be able to pick horses from yearling or two-year-olds, you know, to kind of look through that weird growth spurt. And so for us, we try to pick horses for my career for ones that are high blood percentage. Um, they're good enough movers. Trotting wouldn't be a big deal at all for me, but a good canner is so important. But the biggest thing is has a really good mind. Um, I have a couple of thoroughbreds that are incredible athletes, 
And like those are honestly one of my favorite, they're my favorite horses because their brains are incredible, their canners are great, but their work ethics are phenomenal. And then Kelly also, you know, resources. We source a lot of amateur horses and other and other professional horses. So we kind of we fly over all different types of horses. Um, but she would mainly buy them as uh, one or two year olds and some three year olds, and we produce them all the way up. And for us, that's it's important to have them since day one to make sure that they've got good foundations and and all of that. And have a real input even in the very early days. Andrea, how yeah. about you? What what are the magic ingredients that you look for? Yeah, I mean the forward thinking is um, key and number one. I think um, I I've done a lot of breeding of my own horses um, in the past, and I've actually bred my very first five star horse, um, Estrella. She was out of uh, my young rider mare, and I bred her, and then uh, the foal was was my first five star horse. So w- earlier on in my career, I I bred everything and just took what I had and and trained it and went as far with them as I could. But now that, not saying I'm getting older, but <laughs> um, but, but I'm not getting any younger. So um, now, you know, it's a little bit more uh, pressures on to, to stay with the game. Um, so I've been recently been buying more four-year-olds or three, I've been buying three-year-olds from the sales and such. And I'm not sure that, you know, that's the way to do it. I'm, I'm not convinced that that's like the absolute way to do it. Um, but it's, it's, the only way I can afford to get into them younger um, at the moment. So at that point, you can't really judge their attitude, but I do think the attitude is the number one thing to look for in a young horse. So the most time you can spend around them um, and and get the feel for whether they are, you know, forward thinking worker bees, uh, that's, that's key. And then having, you know, good confirmation for me, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to buy or import anything that doesn't have structurally you know, looks the look. Not to say that if I had one in my yard that I bred or, you know, came upon that I wouldn't try with it. But just if you're going to spend money to import it, I've, I've got to start with good foundation. I love the the attitude piece of it. And I'm just going to stick with it for a second. So I'm sure plenty of people like me think, how, how do you tell they've got a good attitude? You know, you've got a three-year-old that's probably unbacked or even more when you look back at um, Afterglow is a year. Like, how, what are you looking for? What are the characteristics that would tell you, Andrea, that actually that is a forward-thinking young horse? I mean, you know, even just starting with uh, trotting them in hand or walking them in hand, um, trail riding them. You know, I've always when you're when you're out on a hack or hand walking or whatever, and if they see something they're spooking at, and if they want to if they want to run you over and get past it quickly, um, that's that's a better sign than if they want to stop and turn around and go the other way. <laughs> Um, you know, just dumb things like that that you can kind of read into to to see, you know, are they are they wanting to quickly get forward or are they wanting to quickly about face? I mean, that you know, that's just a silly basic thing, but I kind of pay attention to those kinds of details. I think the the kind of the devil is in the details, so to speak, isn't it? And it's kind of being able to get that real insight of horsemanship um, and kind of understand where that's coming from these young event horse classes you've both obviously had huge success in them over the years what is the secret because you're you're producing these young horses very much with the big picture in mind so in terms of having a successful young event horse class or championship performance Carolina what is it that you really look to achieve in that moment or even then are you thinking do you know what this isn't about right now now it's great and we would love to do well now but this is about the horse in four or five years' time. Yeah, no, I think 
I think you can't leave any stone unturned when you go to the young event or so we also have the championships you have you get based on confirmation so that starts in the beginning of the year making sure your horses have are being ridden properly so you're using the right top line they have the right correct weight on you know and basic things at the championships that you, your horse knows how to jog properly like it is a showmanship and with the really good judges they can kind of decipher between the showmanship and the quality but it's all together you know like so when you go and buy a horse at an auction you, your eye goes to the ones that are well presented right so that's that's a bit of the championship. So you have to find a balance being, okay, I want to do well at the championships, but I want to do what's right with the horse going up the levels and think about big picture. Um, for me, a big thing with the championships is, for me, it's really good practice getting the horses and practicing them peaking at the championships. So whether if my horse is a spicy type of horse, I got to make sure a few weeks before that he's worked enough. If my horse that's quiet, that I give him, I kind of back off the work leading up to the championships. And for me, like, that was super helpful with Blake because I've been doing championships since he was five years old. So I kind of knew, okay, the Panthers are that far at the end of the year. I had so much practice at these young horse championships that I kind of knew how to get the horse to peak and when to peak. Even though they're young, they're only four and five, it's still good practice. And with the championships, they don't ask a ton of the horses. Um, it's not like you're asking them to jump like like show jumpers. You have to jump at 120, 125 for five-year-olds classes they're not jumping they're not jumping that big the for the east coast championships it was about novice with some training height for the five-year-olds and it was more beginner novice novice for the four-year-olds which for me is very appropriate and what about next year what is the plan with afterglow who will be a five-year-old next time is is are you already sort of thinking ahead to taking a a back-to-back title yeah, of course. No, that's that's the whole goal and purpose. I'm um, I'm in the process of hopefully getting an owner for him, and if not, he will uh, go back on the market. But I, I have a, I'm really hoping that I get this owner. Um, my goal is doing a couple one stars with him next year. Um, I think that's a really good baseline for him. Um, like when I was in England last year, they had the one uh, one star championship at Osberton. And most of the five-year-olds were doing that in England. So it was very interesting for me to see that. And I've always kind of followed that thought process to try to get five-year-olds to do one star. And then if I've had a four-year-old, um, if I had a four-year-old since the beginning of the year and they're ready, I try to get them up to novice training level and then do the championships. But I do a lot of mini breaks. So I'll maybe do a one star with Afterglow, give them a month, six weeks off in the middle of December or the spring when I'm really busy with my older horses do a little bit more with them, give them about a month off, probably the month leading up to the, um, the championships and then really work them in September and then um, then the championships will be in October. Um, and how about Camelot PJ, Andrea, who will be six next time? What's the plan with him? Um, yeah, I did quite a few training levels on him this year. He was ready for modified or one star, but um, I guess I'm a little bit on the slower train of thought than Caroline, but um, but I haven't had a horse like him that I've been so excited about in a long time. So I, you know, tried to restrain myself from doing too much with him. But I do look forward to doing a two star with him uh, next year. You know, maybe in this by the summertime or the fall, we'll see. But I do think that he, you know, is on track for doing a two star championship next year, three star the year after that kind of thing. I do think it's important that um, maybe on the West Coast, the championships is just like Caroline said, it's a stepping stone. Um, it doesn't need to be, you know, an absolute hard 
concrete pathway, but you know the ho- the good horses will rise to the top and and can follow the pathway. But in the meantime, it's just you know th- getting the horses to the four and five year olds championships is a really good goal for most horses. I mean, like Carolyn said, the jumps are not that big. Um, the courses are 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 straightforward and and welcoming, but they do you know they're very educational, and um, I think that you know getting those horses thinking forward and and having goals like that is a really important way to to develop them so that if they are going to go on in their future you've you've kind of tapped into that as when their brain is still young and and developing and it's also really important to to mention as well that actually um you don't have to be a pro to be taking part in these young event horse classes either they're, they're open to amateur riders alike and even if you kind of go and you feel a little bit intimidated by the format or anything like that ask the question because it is unbelievably friendly it's very welcoming the team would be really really happy to explain it the judges are very very supportive as well and and give you a real kind of introduction as to to what they're about so don't feel overwhelmed and that it's not for you and that it's um you know full of professional riders because listeners it absolutely isn't if you've got a a smart young horse that you would like to to have a look at it have a look at the, the program on the website ask for any more information they'll be very very happy to give it to you as well um now the winner of the highest score in the five-year-old championship so across the east and the west coast um it's sort of first in line so to speak for the whole camp turner grant which uh is awarded to a horse to, to help with their costs to head over to le leon for the horse's seven-year-old year so uh, the seven-year-old young horse world championships which are held in le leon d'angers in france in essentially just under two years time after the the championships have taken place They've actually made a few tweets as well, Andrea, haven't they? So the judges for both of the the five-year-old divisions on the East and the West Coast are exactly the same. And so it's a really exciting opportunity for for these young horses to get an opportunity to complete in the Young Horse World Championships as well. Is that something that your mind has strayed to slightly? Have you ever been to Lillian before? Um, I've never been, but I absolutely think that this horse would be um, a contender for that. I had a horse um, a couple of years ago in 2019 called Infinity that um, was the top uh, contender to go to Le Leon. But the way the program dispersed the money at the time, they couldn't quite like um, commit to saying that I was going to receive the grant and I couldn't quite afford to, I had to choose. And I ended up taking Indy 500 to Burley instead of taking um, that mare to uh, Le Leon. Turns out I came 12th at Burley and it was a great experience. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> but, you know, but I no, I've never been to Le Leon and I would love to go and even just watch uh, maybe next year. But, um, but because, you know, maybe I would like to angle um, Camelot at going um, as a seven-year-old, but it's nice to have been somewhere before you compete there. I know um, Caroline's been many times. Well, what is it for you, Caroline, that stands out for Le Leon? Because you would be a big fan. Goodness, I um, the biggest thing that stands out is when you go there and you go to the first trot up and you just see such incredible horses from so many different countries and you really feel like you're going to see future Olympic champions there and that's what's so special just to see the type of quality. Um, for me, it really upped my game because I I saw I went there for the first time a few years ago with King Special as a six year old and I really noticed okay I really need to up my game you know I. In the U.S., yes, the horse always placed well, but it was a different level when I was competing there. And so two years, I really had to buckle down and kind of get to find a new gear with my young horses if I want to compete against the rest of the world. Um, it was incredible. And 
across country was second to none to see that much atmosphere and the show jumping it was just it felt it felt like an Olympic level Olympics for young horses it was, it was so cool there is something unbelievably special about Lelion listeners and if you haven't seen it go and, and check it out you can watch it back on clip my horse tv um tune in next October it's normally the week after Maryland or it was the week after Maryland this year it's sort of third week in October the week before Poe and it is just extraordinary these incredible young horses but the the cross country is a work of art like it's extraordinarily detailed and um the atmosphere is something else there's huge crowds it's a it's a real championship feel so go and check that one out uh, last question for you both obviously these two young horses are very very exciting for the future but have you got a name or names if you want to be sneaky and add an extra one in there of a young horse in your yard that you will be targeting at the young white horse program next year andrea i'll come to you first um yeah I have one that I um got last year and I didn't he's four now and I didn't do anything with him this year I was so busy with all my others um and he was just a bit of a young immature four-year-old but um I do think he's going to be quite smart next year as a five-year-old and he mimics a lot of very excellent qualities of Camelot PJ so I'm very excited about him he has a he has a, a name that it's taken me some time to uh uh, adore, but uh, Bracken <laughs> Spa Valens. <laughs> Bracken Spa so, Valens. There you go. Listen, yeah. want to watch? Yeah. So um, I, I've shortened it down to Brax, Brax and Bax. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, it, that's a mouthful to to hold on to. But anyways, I do think he'll be quite a star in the future. Caroline, how about you? Yeah, I have three really exciting uh, four-year-olds right now that are going to be five next year. Um, I have Afterglow that would won the four-year-olds, obviously, this year. Um, I have Blake's sister right now. Her name is After Hours. Um, she's owned by Wendy Furlong, and we're really looking forward. She's actually third in the four-year-olds this year. Um, and then my third young horse, his name is Bloomfield Watergate. He actually won. Um, he's the first time in 150 years to win the Supreme Hunter and all these different championships at Dublin. Um, he won back-to-back titles, and he's owned by Brendan Furlong, so I'm really excited. I just got the ride on him. Um, he's, he seems like a proper horse. So I've got three horses next year for the YEH, and then I'm hoping to go back over to Leon and take um, one of the five-year-olds that can be in the five-year-old championships this year, take him to the six-year-olds next year. So, So fingers crossed. There you go, listeners. A couple for you to follow next year. Caroline, Andrea, thank you both so much. Caroline, get well soon. Um, go and have some honey and lemon and stick your head over a basin of steamy water or something with a tea towel over your head. Um, but I hope you're feeling better soon. And I hope you all had a brilliant Thanksgiving. We are just recording this, listeners, just after Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys listening at home had a brilliant Thanksgiving as well. Um, it's a holiday that I would quite like to bring to the UK. I, I feel like it sounds uh, absolutely brilliant and it's something we could totally get on board with you. You guys have got it spot on. Um, for now, though, that is all we've got time for. We'll be back next time with a review of the year. So do stay tuned. But for now, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.